You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about how and why debt collection works for your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice. My name is Bryn Griffiths. Well, every year at this time, the RMA, the Receivables Management Association of Canada, they host their big event. And this year's no different. Plus, they've given this year's conference a fascinating and somewhat jarring name. We'll tell you about that in a second. But today we're chatting with RMA board member and event organizer, Mark DePrato. There's lots of details, lots of new stuff. There's great speakers on board, so much more. So, Mark, let's get started and break this down. Yeah, no problem. We've got, uh, we actually have the Receivables Management Association of Canada National Conference coming up in Niagara Falls uh, on November 14th. And uh, we're, we're pretty excited uh, about this year and that it's, uh, uh, it, it's a big conference. We've changed up a lot of things. We're really focusing on this concept of massive disruption um, in the, not just in the receivable space, but almost thinking about it in the finance and, and even just as broad as uh, the working environment and how things are shaping up. So we're really looking at uh, a generational shift in AI, banking, housing, and the workforce and how it's all going to impact business. And we're going to spend two days talking about that. Okay, let's let's backtrack on the name of this event again. How and why did you come up with this one? <laughs> um, so on massive disruption. Yeah. So the the concept came from, you know, the last few years of the conference, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, uh, the pandemic and work from home and how is that affecting regulations and changing and changes in the industry. And when we thought about this year, we said, okay, so that's kind of happened. And now what we're looking at is, so what is the future really going to bring? And what we kind of landed on was it's really going to bring, we're just in a moment of massive disruption. You know, we're, we're now in a hybrid work environment. The, 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 the birth of AI, whatever that ends up really being, is upon us. And uh, companies are really beginning to invest and think about it. And really how the workforce is even going to interact um, in, in a hybrid work environment. How is it interacting with the, the changing, pretty, pretty significantly changing economic landscape and AI? We really thought it would be worthwhile to dig into a lot of these topics. That title for this is, is is almost disruptive in its own. It just kind of, when I saw it, I went, "Wow, that's pretty bold. That's very strong." What's the reaction been just to the title of of the the event? Well, it's it's been very good. Um, in fact, a lot of the people who've been registering for it have have been saying to us that they're quite interested to see the see the conversations that we're going to have, um, and they're curious more than anything because it's it's a bit of a bold statement. Uh, but along with the bold statement, what we did this year for the conference was we said, okay, normally at our conference, we have a lot of people stand up and they speak and they, and they, they give great presentations and they're wonderful. And this year we said, let's actually even disrupt the conference a little bit by having, um, by having more panels. And, and frankly, we're, we're kind of hoping that we actually have uh, the panels actually get a little spicy. 
we're kind of hoping that not everybody on the stage is agreeing with each other because we don't think it's a, we don't think it's a cookie cutter world uh, in everything that we're looking at and thinking about. So we're we're kind of hoping it cuts across everything, including the conference. Well, I haven't attended one, but I'm guessing that people might sit there and they listen to the speakers and they'll nod their head, maybe shake their head quietly if they don't agree. But it just sounds like there's going to be way more interplay or interaction between people at this one. And that would excite me greatly because you're right. Great ideas come out of great discussions. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's how we're thinking about it. And we've actually, it was it's funny, I've been to some other conferences where I've really seen how they have done, frankly, I think a better job at figuring out how to get people really engaged through the conference. And, and so we're actually, we actually even changed it to say, let's have less time, maybe even a little less time of the speakers doing all the speaking and let's create more networking time and more one-on-one time uh, with the speakers so that the conversations can really continue and flourish because we, these are pretty interesting people we have coming and speaking and we're, we're really happy, really happy about that. We want to see, find ways for these folks to engage a little bit better. Can we talk about who is coming to talk? Um, yeah, the, um, we've actually got a number, uh, a number of different folks. Brian Porter, uh, from, from BMO is, is going to be, uh, is, is going to be our resident economist coming in and talking and, uh, coming and talking at it. We've got, uh, folks from, we've got folks from Equifax, uh, Borowell, um, and, uh, and, and other folks from BMO and a number of, uh, a number of top uh, insolvency trustees are going to be speaking as well. So we're we're quite we're quite excited because we've got some very senior people in in their space coming and talking about um, some pretty interesting and some pretty interesting topics. How did you uh, get wrangled into uh, looking after this event? <laughs> I uh, I was on my first year uh, on the board, and one of the gentlemen who had been uh, running this conference for years. Uh, said uh, he called me and he said, "So I've been told you're the guy." So, oh, <laughs> here we go. That's what I. That's what <laughs> I said. Is that rut row? So uh, I said, I said I'd be more than happy to 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 try and uh, to try to work with the team and figure out how to keep keep the excellence of this conference running. And it, really, all I all I am is a guy who sort of hosts meetings and and, and tries to bring really great people to the table to just do excellent work because everybody's so passionate about it. Well, I have talked to numerous people who have attended previous ones, and the one thing they all say, and it seems to be a common thread, is that. They just keep finding ways to raise the bar the next year, to raise the bar. Now, granted, we've gone through a, an interesting three to four years here where things might have been yeah. somewhat disrupted, but uh, d- does it concern you about the fact that you got to raise the bar to the next level? It just sounds to me like this is going to have a little extra fun involved to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, it is. I, I think it's kind of I, I think it's kind of the challenge, right? Like, I think everything that you're doing, if you're not learning – then, then what kind of, you know, then what kind of fun are you having? And, uh, and, you know, when we thought, you know, the, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, I remember we had a huge conversation about, well, we'll have to cancel the conference this year. We can't do it. No, 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 all those things. And then we found this just terrific online tool that was recommended to us. And we actually ended up doing an entirely virtual conference and, and it went off actually really well. Then that gave us new technology to now have, a lot of our conference that, and we still use that technology today to interact with everybody virtually. 
through the conference. So we're not printing, uh, uh, we're not printing stuff anymore and all we've, we've moved into 2019 now. It's so good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so all of these things build upon themselves. And as, as we got back in person last year, we really learned a lot again about how to do this. And we just said, let's, let's really raise the bar again this year. So I, I think it's really good. I, and, and I do think at the end of the day, the one thing that you hear about this conference that everybody wants is they want networking and they want learning. And so as long as we're providing that, and it really is new thinking and new learning and a chance to network, we, we, we think it works really well. I don't want to say there's never been any, uh, what's the word? Obviously with networking and learning, there's one thing, but this, uh, this interaction to me just gives us a little extra more uh, oomph, I guess. Uh, am I wrong in saying that? No, I think that that's it exactly. The idea, the idea really is how do we create, you know, how do we really create, you know, time and place for for people to for people to spend time. Like a, a good example is uh, a number of our a number of our speakers that we have um, that often would have been even on the main stage. We've actually set up a, a sort of a side room with all the exhibitors with some tables set up where the people who are truly interested in hearing from, say, that regulator or, uh, or that legal mind, um, it, it'll now be a chance for four or five or six people to go stand with that person, listen to a small presentation, but generally have a conversation as opposed to speaking, you know, speaking for 27 minutes on stage, taking four minutes of questions yeah. and then moving along. You know, it's, it's just trying to rethink how can we, how can we get people a little bit engaged differently? Yeah. So why is this conference important? So this conference really is important because it gives people in the creditor space, um, the, the, the legal space, the trustee space, um, collection agency space, uh, a real chance to hear what's going on. Um, if there are legal changes, compliance changes, uh, regulatory changes, um, and things that really affect how, uh, you know, banks and creditors and collection agencies and debt buyers and debt sellers work with customers, because that's what this is all about. It's about giving customers the best experience they can have right. Um, right. with all of us. It's important that we all know the latest and greatest information that's going on. So one of the things the conference does is really tries to focus on that, as does the RMA itself with its, you know, governance and um, government relations committees. But along with that and that knowledge, um, it's a chance for a whole bunch of people to get together who don't necessarily get to see each other other than at this conference or maybe one other time in the year to really talk about what's going on, what's driving business forward, what's what's helping uh, their companies succeed or where are they struggling. And same thing with consumers. It's really important that we all keep talking about um, what are consumers' needs. And it's really important that I think we, as an organization, provide as much thought leadership and chance for communication on those topics as we can. The single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination. With every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. How long have you been involved in this industry? 
Uh, I've been involved in the industry for uh, about uh, about seven years now. I, I, I came to it from from other industries and, and came into it and and, uh, and and spent a lot of time learning um, all, all facets of it. So is it a bit of an eye opener? Yeah, a, a real eye opener. And you know, it, what's what's really interesting about it is when you think about you know receivables. I think there's you know there's so many different contexts that people have, and it and it feels you know, it can feel harsh sometimes. And I think the really great thing that I've witnessed certainly with, um, with, with, with creditors and ourselves and, and, and all the other companies that we work with, there's a real genuine desire um, for people to be thinking forward and be, and think about customers. Like I, I just keep coming back to it. Like it's just, it's, it really has become a very customer centric industry. Uh, and people are real have really thought, I think a lot differently than in years past about how do we do that? And, you know, and really thinking about how compliance and, 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 and really being on track with what the regulations are and making sure that compliance standards and customer standards and, and all of those things um, are everybody's constantly being educated on and thinking about. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting and, and it's, it's been, it's been a real eye opener and really great to see where I think so many people in this industry that I've become, that I've come to know, I just know what they want to do. And that's always just do the right thing. You know, it's, it's pretty neat to watch. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, so my, my background is pretty wide and varied. Uh, I am, I'm uh, a bit of a, a bit of a marketing, a bit of a marketing business person by trade. Uh, I've worked at large telcos, um, national restaurant brands, um, and uh, also had a had a pretty good crack at a at a pretty large internet uh, yeah, e-commerce startup, and um, really learned a lot. Really learned a lot about running businesses, running marketing campaigns, but really, really understanding a whole lot about you know the the, the essence of my whole career has been um, what's the customer journey. Right. right. And whatever it's, whatever it's been, whether it was with one of the large telcos or, or a restaurant or an e-commerce site, it all comes down to how well are you treating your customers? And, uh, and I think that's why this has actually been a nice industry for me to come into because it is a, it, a real opportunity for everybody to constantly think about how do we be um, customer centric? Well, there's a common thread through all of that, and that's uh, basically collections as well, right? You have to, you've got to get out there. And so uh, I got to think that through all of the different companies you've worked alongside, there's that common trait. Sure. Yeah, there, there is. There is. And, you know, it's interesting. Before I actually got straight into this industry, it was, it was an area of the industry that I didn't really know a whole lot about. Um, I was, I was, I was very busy generating customers yes. <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't see a whole lot of, of this side of it. And it's been, it's been really wonderful to sort of see how, um, you, you can, you can look at it a little differently and, and think about it. But yeah, it, it does come down to collections. And I think there's uh, you know, I think there's been a, a pretty significant sea change in the last 20 years to how collections is thought about, um, you know, at least, at least, at least, uh, from what I've seen. Tell everybody where you're at right now and what you're doing. So I'm the chief commercial officer at uh, the Canic Seed Financial Group. Uh, and we're a significant um, uh, debt buyer and uh, rece- and uh, insolvency 
as um, insolvency purchasing and servicing company. So we do uh, we we work with a lot of a lot of different uh, creditors and a lot of uh, collection agencies and folks um, as we as we continually try to help uh, solve solve issues for people by uh, by by doing the work that we do. And um, we're I'm in Toronto and we've got uh, an office in uh, London, Ontario, and we're um, owned by uh, by a company called Jefferson Capital uh, in the U.S., which is um, just a, a wonderful leader uh, in the space in the U.S. One of the things uh, talking to the, our friends at MetCredit, and they talk about how how crazy things change year to year to year, and you've got to stay on top of it. And that sounds like this is a huge part of this event coming up. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, there very much, very much. There's a lot to stay on top of and, uh, and, and really listen and, and listen to what people have to say. A big, big part of what we're doing right now is focusing on what are the, uh, what are the areas of focus that we want to uh, concentrate on for the, um, for our panels. And uh, we're beginning to have good meetings with our panelists to really make sure that we're bringing the best uh, the best information forward. Receivables Management Association of Canada Incorporated, uh, you're now involved in this, uh, and you, you've I, I'm looking at the long list of, of the people who are on the board. It's a wide, varied group in here. I, I think that's exciting. You? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's, it's great, and it's I'll tell you we meet uh, we meet very regularly as a board. And we're constantly having really interesting conversations, um, often kicked off with government relations yep. and thinking about thinking about what is the what is the learning that we can bring to the table uh, and what are the things that we can advocate for for the industry in Canada. What do you think the one takeaway out of this is going to be? Is it possible to limit it to one thing? Um, I, I think because one, there's going to be a lot of a differences of opinion on stuff, I got to think. Yeah, I think the one thing that I, the one here's what I'll say is what I hope is one of the takeaways. Okay, is that is that the answers to a lot of the questions that people are going to be talking about uh, are not binary. Uh, they're not. It's not black and white. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of gray in terms of how we can be thinking about what are the technological shifts going to mean. What will it mean in terms of the speed of change of of how we operate and what the opportunities are, um, and so. So I don't think there, I, I hope, frankly, there's going to be a lot of conversation, which will get people thinking uh, about the next questions to ask and not necessarily say, aha, thank you. They've given me the silver bullet. I'm hoping we're touching on some, some larger topics that get people really thinking about how to challenge themselves and think about their strategic plan next year. And even the year after that, because we've, we've hopefully fostered a few a few nuggets for them to think about and take away as they run their businesses. The real challenge of this podcast is somebody might download it in December, right? They may have yeah. missed this event, but there's got to be ways that they can maybe catch up and find out what, what's happened at this event. Uh, we're talking, obviously, pre-event. Now I'm talking post-event. Uh, how do people yeah. reach out to Receivables Management Association? Yeah, if they go to the uh, if they go to the if they go to our website, which is uh, the rmacanada.org, org, yep. um, they can they can get in touch with us there, register there, um, and and learn a little bit more about how to get involved, see the information about past conferences, and and get involved with us. Are you having fun? Because I know we're getting down to the crunch here. Oh yeah, no, it's it now is the now is the. Now is kind of the fun time. Yeah, okay. We're actually see, we're seeing it come together, but there are a, there are a series of details. I was uh, just before we got on here this morning. I was receiving texts uh, already this morning saying, 
hey, what about this? What about that? And uh, so it, it's lots of fun. It, we're now in the, the devil is in the details moments. <laughs> this is a busy time, too, because Lindsay Kirk, who's the president, obviously, was going to join us today. And uh, she has sent you my way. And I can't thank you enough for that. This has been great. But I think she's going to owe you a coffee. In Niagara Falls, I think I think she's going to owe me a, a big a big cup of Joe in uh, Niagara Falls, and I'll be taking her up on it. <laughs> Thanks for your time on this. This has been great. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's episode of Overdue Advice. Big thank you to Mark DePrado for sharing his insight on today's podcast. Hey, it's easy to find us online. MedCredit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at MedCredit. And you can also check out Brian Sommerfeld's blog as well. That's easy to find. It's blog.metcredit.com. And don't forget the website also includes numerous helpful tools and calculators to assess your business debt risk. We also want to hear from you. So subscribe, like, or leave us a review on this or any of our podcasts. And make sure you share the podcast with your friends and business associates. You can drop us a line at overdueadvice at metcredit.com. Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. I'm Bryn Griffiths. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca. You run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. <laughs> so call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.